0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of Just Saying Sports with Jake and Sean. I am your host today, Jake. Atnip with me is the great Sean Dwyer.
1: How you doing?
0: We have another exciting show for you today. Uh, I believe, or what is this, episode like 38? We're on, I Sean? 39, I think. 39. So we're we're inching up on 40. About to, about to get into the elder years. Now, uh... It's been pretty fun so far. We're coming up on a year. We talked about this a little bit. March is going around really quickly. Um, But before we do uh, get to that point, we're going to have some college basketball talk. Before we get into our bracket shows and everything, we're going to do our own rendition of Buy or Sell. And we want to do that so we can figure out or give you our top 10 teams uh, if we think they have a shot at making the Final Four or not and why. And we'll give you some of our sleeper picks as of right now. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about Major League Baseball and the trades, or trades, sorry, the free agency that has really not happened so far over the offseason. Spring training is coming up very quickly, and there's still some pretty big names without a home. So we're going to talk about those guys. And something that we haven't talked about before on this podcast is some golf. At the end of the show, we're going to bring in a little bit of golf talk And uh, give you our predictions for who's going to win, you know, the FedEx Cup and do the best this year. Uh, Nothing crazy, but had a little request from one of our listeners, Jake Plona. And I want to talk a little bit of golf. So uh, without any further ado, we should get into it, Sean. Uh, How many teams do you think, and just off the top of your head, how many teams do you think have a realistic shot? Of making the final four. And I know that's kind of funny. It's like oh there's only four teams that can make it. But how many uh, do you think. You could see you know. Really getting there right now.
1: In my mind right now. I would say. Maybe teams that have a. Very real possibility. Of making the final four. Um, as we go through the top ten. AP top ten we talk about the teams. I'll narrow it down to four. But right now I I think it's more open this year than it has been in a lot of years past.
0: I definitely agree. I mean, with Tennessee sitting at that top spot, uh, it looks a little bit different than it has really over the last decade or so. I mean, Duke's still sitting right up there. You still got to worry about Kansas and Kentucky, but there's not a 38-0 team like that Kentucky team looking to roll through the, you know, the final four, or even somebody like Duke the year prior to that. Uh, There's um. You know, there's a lot of questions about who is the best team in the nation. You know, and it, I like it. I like it a lot because I think that makes for the the brackets a lot be a lot more intriguing and make for March to be a lot more fun. But uh, we're gonna go ahead and run through some of these top ten teams and uh, give you our buy yourselves. Do you want to get us started, Sean?
1: Yeah, to start with. Uh, we're gonna start just go through the AP top 10, one through ten. Uh, we're gonna so we're gonna start with Tennessee. And Jake, why don't you start us off? You're buying or selling Tennessee as a Final Four.
0: I, I'm going to sell Tennessee as a Final Four, uh, purely because I have not seen uh, any type of performance from Tennessee in the tournament just about ever. Uh, the SEC doesn't really ever do so hot in the tournament. Um, nothing against Tennessee as a team this year, and I do. I, when, I've, when I've watched them play, they are explosive. They are good. They, are, they, they don't even keep games close but I just don't know come March if they're going to be able to make it. What about you?
1: Uh, I'm going to sell too, and it's more of just a history thing for me. Um, Rick Barnes and his career has made one Final Four in 2003 with Texas. Um, outside of that, he's made two other Elite Eights, but I don't, he's never made it back to the Final Four. He's made one Final Four with some teams, some pretty good Texas teams. You think about the teams he had with the Marcus Aldridge, uh, of course, Kevin Durant. There was those teams, and they've made one final four for him. So, to me, Rick Barnes has got to prove it to me um, in the tournament. Last year, of course, they lost to Loyola Chicago first round. Um, so, we got to see what happens, or the second round. Second round, they lost to Loyola Chicago. So, to me, they have to prove that they can make a run in the tournament, Rick Barnes and Tennessee, because both teams, both of those factors right now aren't really pointing to a Final Four run.
0: And so, number two, we got Duke. They've been looking pretty good lately, but buy or sell, Sean?
1: Um, Buying. As long as Zion Williamson is in a Duke uniform, I'm going to buy. Hey, real quick, Jake, did you see that block, the replays that Zion had last night where he got, like, His hand got 11 feet in the air for a block.
0: I actually did not see that against Virginia, but nonetheless, I know it was against Virginia.
1: Yeah, so crazy. But like I said, Duke, um, as long as they have Zion, right now, he is number one in the Ken Palms list of players of the year candidates. RJ Barrett is three. Um, Zion Williamson has the sixth highest two point percentage, uh, two point shot percentage in the country. Um, he's the number one in the country in effective field goal percentage. Uh, the dude is, he's just, on he, I don't even know if there's words to describe him, but as long as he's
0: on Duke, I'm buying Duke. Yeah, we've definitely, me and you have definitely gave some pretty high praises I am. I mean, we talked about it at the very beginning of the season. We saw a game out of him, maybe two, and uh, I, w- I, was, I was pretty much in on them as well. Uh, scared to see them in the tournament. Um, I'm going to buy as well. I definitely think they have a very good shot. But I do have to bring up the caveat that the youth with those freshmen always scares me in the tournament. You know, Coach K does a great job of getting those guys together and ready. You can never pass him in the tournament. You can't just say, oh, just because they're young, they'll lose. Uh, He'll have them ready. But in the tournament, it's only every day, every game, every night. You have to be ready every single time. And if they have one off night and that youth can play a factor, I could see them falling out when they weren't supposed to. The team they played last night is sitting at three. Uh, They'll probably drop just a little bit from that spot after last night. But Virginia, I know Duke just beat Virginia uh, on Saturday. So – Are you buying or selling Virginia? We know what happened to them in the tournament last year, losing to UMBC.
1: Uh, Yeah, personally, I'm selling Virginia um, for a couple different reasons. The first one being that they really, like you said, they have no experience in the tournament of proving that they can get it done, and that's just a real hang-up I have with Virginia. And the other thing is one of the reasons why they lost last year is their tempo. They are dead last in America for – the tempo of that they play with and it's really it does not conducive for them if they fall behind by a good decent amount their tempo does not help them with comeback. so if they fall early get down on the scoreboard they could not come back and that's just the thing that scares me about virginia which is why i'm going to sell virginia
0: i i always sell virginia and we'll talk a lot more about this in the bracket show uh, but they Like you said, they score about 50 points, 50 to 55 points a game. Their game is keeping you under 60 points and beating you that way. Uh, that doesn't work in the tournament. We've seen over and over and over again. I mean, they were, the, they were the one seed to get beat by a 16 seed for that very reason. Of course, there was other, there was other reasons because they did not play a good game at all. No, but... the Andre
1: Hunter being out didn't help either. But... Yeah,
0: yeah, I know they were, they, yeah, they were missing. They were missing their, guy, their one guy because of the ankle injury, but still – that You you are completely right. I'm selling all the way on Virginia. I never have Virginia even usually breaking into my Sweet 16. Um, and I, I, I feel the same this this year. I mean, they played Duke very, very well yesterday. Uh, it was a lot closer. And, then, you know, both games that they've played have been a very, very good match. But I'm not quite sure about tournament time. I, I would say sell on Virginia.
1: And also, Virginia, the only one to me that they can make a Final Four is having to go through Michigan State. Because, you know, all those years, it was f- three years in a row, they ended up in the same bracket, and Michigan State beat them three years in a row. So, to me, that's just as lower seeds, too. So, that's for me, if I'm a Virginia fan, that's the only way I want to go to a Final Four, It's having to go through Michigan State, it's the team that beat all of our best teams the past couple of years.
0: All right. Now, what about sitting number four, Gonzaga, by yourself, Sean,
1: Bye, 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 bye. Um, I love Gonzaga, I'm going to be honest. Um, even though they just recently with the news that they got Killian Tilly back for a little bit and now he's out again for the year, so they won't have him. But having Brandon Clark, Rui Hachimura, Zach Norvell, Josh Perkins, that's a starting four right there that another team like Duke, has two guys in Ken Palm's top 10 for national player of the year, and Brandon Clark at six, Moore at eight. Um, the thing with Gonzaga to me is who is that fifth guy going to be? Because, you know, once they start getting into play, Killian Tilly was a different kind of player. He was a stretch five, kind of spaced out the floor of the shooting. Um, was a very, very great rebounder. You know, so once Gonzaga gets used to not having him again after getting him back, I think they're going to be – I think they might sneak up to a number one overall seed if things fall their way. I think they're that good. I think Gonzaga could win the national championship this year.
0: Well, I'll leave it to my partner there, and I'm, I'm just going to say bye. I, I don't really have much more I can say about the Zags, but uh, I'll buy them, and I think they have a good shot at making the Final Four. They've played very well this season, and I think this is actually, of all the years that they've been in a top seed and fallen out or even made it up to the Speed 16 or the Elite Eight, I do think this is probably their best team and their best shot. Now, Kentucky is next. Like I said, they're, not, they're no 38-0 team, but they have just had a solid year where they're winning the games they're supposed to. They're coming out uh, in close contests. I mean, I'm buying them. Um, personally, of course, having Coach Cal, it's, it's always good to have him in the tournament. Um, I'm going to buy them, but I don't know if I buy them all the way to the Final Four. What about you, Sean? I am
1: taking them all the way to the Final Four because if you look at their season outside of that first Duke game, um, I know it's not fair to take games out, but it's the first game of the season against a Duke team that's got the three best freshmen in the country. You don't know what the scout. You don't know what's going to happen. It's a conference or it's a Champions Classic, so we're going to just let's just throw that out for a second. Their two losses are bad losses, Seton Hall and Alabama. Um, but what can you do about those? But the, lo- the wins that they have, they have wins over North Carolina on a neutral court, Louisville at Louisville. They have wins at Auburn. They have wins at home against Kansas and um, a win against home against Mississippi state and away against Mississippi state, who is a top 25 Ken Palm team. So Kentucky's schedule has looked really great for them um, after- outside of that Duke game. I like Duke. I think Tyler Hero, I think uh, Ashton Hagen's, P.J. Washington, and Keldon Johnson are amazing. Um, I really not seeing much to make Reed Travis so much of a preseason story, but I love Kentucky. I think that they are great. They're holding teams to 43% on two-point. Kentucky has a great two-point percentage against. Um, they're averaging teams to about 43% in two-point shots, which is ninth in the country. They are owning the offensive boards. They have a 38.3% offensive rebounding percentage, good for fourth in the country. They're top 20 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. I think Kentucky might fly under some radars, but I think they are a Final Four caliber team.
0: All righty. Now, next on the list, the 23-1 Nevada Wolfpack. Out of the MWC, I mean, we, they, they were really high flying last year. They have a lot of, they score a lot this year, but buy yourself, Sean.
1: I'm selling. I just, I need to see the bracket before I can a hundred percent write them off, but I don't think they're going to get a one or a two seed, no matter what their record is, just because of their strength of schedule is horrendous. It's bad. Um, so we'll. I have to see who they draw in their uh, bracket in their region, but I don't think that they're going to be able to beat d one or the two seed in their region. I just their highest rated team that they play the rest of the way out is Utah State at forty three. Yeah. Um, other than that, they have games against Wyoming at three twelve, San Diego State one forty seven, UNLV one sixty one. Air Force at 254. I mean, the schedule is just not good. So...
0: Yeah, and the only the only loss that they have this season is to New Mexico, and that loss was 85-58. to 58. Yeah, That was an away a, game. Not, not, that, yeah, that, that's, to, that's to number 173. So, in the bottom half of uh, Division 1, they lost by nearly 30 points. Uh, like you said, they have a terrible strength of schedule. And... The, th- the thing is, is they haven't uh, – sh- I don't think they've shown in the tournament that they can do it. I believe their pace of play is the only thing that can keep them alive in the tournament. Them being able to limit their turnovers, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they're at the top of the country in turnover percentage um, and getting steals. They're, they're second in the country at steals. I just think uh, – I think that's not going to be enough to keep them afloat in the NCAA tournament
1: the only thing that i can say as if i'm a nevada fan is that we have the three-point shooting we have multiple guys averaging over 43 percent shooting threes some other guys not so great but they can um that's the only thing i could think of is the three-point shooting might carry them into it and they draw a lot of fouls that get to the line a lot so that's always big in tournament times but i'm selling you Nevada, but if I am a Nevada fan, that's what I'm looking at as kind of something that might get us there. We can shoot threes and we get a lot of free throw attempts.
0: righty. next up, the University of Michigan. By I'm yourself. Gonna,
1: I'm going to do my best to not sound like an MSU homer, but I'm selling Michigan for one reason, and it's that their offense is holding back their amazing defense, and it's really it's really hurting them. Um, they don't turn the ball over a lot, which is very good, but sometimes they don't know where their offense is coming from and it's, it's really hurting them that. And the fact that they are only playing a rotation of about seven guys. And once you get through conference play and once you get into the tournament, your conference tournament too, you're going to start wearing down only play seven guys.
0: Yeah. It's going to get tough for him. Uh, you know, they only have a couple losses on the season. Uh, they they have looked good for most of the year, but they're only averaging right around 70, 70 points a game. Um, I'm not saying that's not going to work out in the tournament because, like you said, they have a very, very good defense. But, you know, I, I doubt they'll make a Final Four run as well, and we're going to get into our team here in just a second. But, uh, you know, they I, I, it's not the same explosiveness on the offensive side of the ball that they have had in the past. Um, even with Mo Wagner last year, uh, he brought a big, a big step, uh, to the Wolverines, you know, energy wise. And I just don't know if I see that player on their team this year. Um, Brad Bradicus or, uh, how do you say Brad Zekis. Um, he, he has, he has his moments, but I don't know. I don't think he's going to be able to carry them through the tournament.
1: No, Charles Matthews, isn't the same offensive player he's been, um, Xavier Simpson still shooting 61% on free throws, um, hitting less than 27% on threes. He's not an offensive point guard, but he's a very good defensive point guard, which is going to make a topic we're going to cover next week. I hope um, the Michigan-Michigan State basketball games and that matchup. But we'll, like I said, we'll get to that next week. Um, Michigan just needs scoring. I don't know where they're going to get their scoring from,
0: so another next team coming up is another one that is always dangerous come tournament time, the University of North Carolina coached by Roy Williams. Buy or sell on them this year, Sean?
1: I am buying. Um, their losses are all to top 23 teams in Ken Palm, uh, all four of them. They are a top 20 offensive and defensive efficiency team. They are a offensive rebounding team that's in the top 20 and in the top 20 against they get rebounds um they score points they run the floor fast they're number three in average length of possession at 14 seconds they're very good tech- they um are just need to get some more three their three-point shooting is actually very good this season um, they're getting more from this year little as the season goes around i think they're lining up to be a great team come tournament time
0: yeah, they do have a few issues on defense. It's not going to be the death of them, but I'm going to sell on North Carolina. I do not think they're going to make the Final Four. Um, they, have, they have talent, but I just don't think they have all of the pieces to make a run.
1: Yeah, I think the, when you look at their losses, though, their losses were a questionable loss to Texas in the uh, Las Vegas tournament that we were in with Michigan State, UCLA. And after that, they lost a puzzler at Michigan. But Michigan looks like a great team, so it's kind of gotten swept under the rug a little bit. That loss to Kentucky on neutral court is the really only hangup I have and getting blasted by Louisville at home. Those are four losses that they could have easily avoided. Um, But looking at their schedule on the way out of the season, North Carolina's got um, a game against Virginia – They've got two games against Duke and Syracuse and Clemson and Florida State are all in the top 50 of Ken Palm. Their schedule on the way out is going to tell us a lot more about North Carolina than we know right now. But as of right now, I'm going to stick with buying.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a tough road to the final or a tough road to the tournament. So we'll have to see then. Who's up next?
1: Up next is number 9 Michigan State. I'll let you go first and then I will say my piece on them.
0: Well, after what we've seen over the last couple of weeks uh with three straight losses and then a bit of a turnaround for the Spartans, I am definitely selling them on the final four. Uh without Joshua Langford, I there's no way that this team can make it all the way through. I thought for a second they uh they were they had what it takes or took but they just it was a meltdown over the last few weeks and you can see exactly where the weaknesses for this team are and they are glaring. Uh Cassius Winston can't do everything for that team, and there just isn't another volume score on that team if Nick Ward gets into trouble. There's no one who's or foul trouble. There's nobody who can carry that team except for Cassius and Nick Ward and there's no way they're going to make it through the tournament on, you know, on the skin of their teeth, just trying to squeeze by everybody. So I'm definitely selling on the Spartans at this point.
1: Yeah, I'm going to, I'm with you. Um, The only way that this could turn into a buy for me is if over the last eight games of the regular season, they prove they can get that turnover number way, way, way down. And Nick Ward can prove he can be consistent. Um, but I know my own team and I know that that's, those are some very big ifs. So I'm going to sell. They are a top 10 offensive and defensive efficiency team in Ken Palm. They are a top 10 offensive and defensive effective field goal percentage. They hold teams to the lowest two point percentage on shots. Um, They're also top 20 in making twos and threes. There's a lot of good that, you know, just looking at numbers with Michigan State, but we both know if Cassius Winston gets into any sort of foul trouble against a good opponent, or if Nick Ward decides to do one of his Nick Ward things and just completely disappear, this team's in trouble. So, and then a one and done tournament situation—I don't, I don't like that. And then we also—I know I don't know if you're as nervous as I am, but Dick Kenny Goins' injury yesterday really makes me nervous for the future of this team.
0: Yeah, there's there's no other way to put it. I mean, he's been an anchor for this team this year.
1: It's been ridiculous that he's turned into an anchor for this team. But I've said it a couple times. I'll say it right now. Um, I think going back and looking at it, not in terms of skills or numbers, but I think Kenny Goins is the same thing Draymond Green was as a senior for this Michigan State team. He's a do-it-all kind of player, defense, offense, hitting timely threes. He's gotten his three-point percentage up from about 27 to 32 over the last week. And I
0: think that he's proven to be a very important part for the state team. All right, we'll move on from the depressing talk and go into the (laughs) final final team inside the top 10, Marquette. Uh, I'm just going to say this quick. I don't have very much on Marquette. Uh, but personally, I'm just going to go ahead and sell. They are one of those, you know, one of those smaller teams that it, it would almost be a Cinderella, even though they are inside and have been inside the top 15 all season long. They would really need some magic in order to make it to the Final Four. Yeah,
1: what they're going to need to make the Final Four is Marcus Howard to score 40 points a night in the tournament. That's what they're going to need. Um, he carries that team. Um, he had 38 yesterday in their win over Villanova. So he needs to score about 40 for them to beat a good competition team. I know Villanova had a horrible start to the season, but they're still Villanova. And I I, I told you they were going to turn it around eventually. They were unbeaten in Big East play until yesterday. So we'll see what happens. But I think Marquette's a sell, definitely for me.
0: All righty. So there you have it. Out of the top 10, our buy or sells, Basically, um, I, I, def- I definitely think there will be a team from outside of the teams we just talked about uh, making a Final Four appearance, as we've seen with Loyola Chicago and uh, UConn and everybody over the years, lower seeds, lower uh, picks making it in. So I got a quick question for you, Sean. I know you have a couple, but who are your sleepers for this year's Final Four? Who do you think have an outside chance of getting in?
1: Starting from the bottom going up, I'm going to start with Louisville. Um, you saw what they did with games at home against Michigan State, who's a top-10 team. At UNC, they blew them out by 30. They would be my absolute the prime pick of a sleeper team. They have what they can do to make a run. They have experience. They brought in some old transfer guys. I think Louisville could make a run. Next up is Purdue with Carson Edwards. He could get hot and carry a team. So that makes Purdue a little bit dangerous in my eyes. They're also at the top of the big 10. I don't think they have what it takes to make the final four if Carson Edwards does not carry that team. And lastly, I don't think it's fair to label them as a sleeper team, but they're not in the top 10. So we're going to go with Kansas at that top spot. Um, Diedrich Lawson has been amazing for them as a transfer from Memphis. Gerald Vick is out right now um, dealing with a family matter. But right now they got four freshmen starting and all four of them have looked amazing to me at different intervals. Uh Quentin Grimes got it really together yesterday against uh Iowa State. Uh Dotson has been a great running the point. Um they've got another couple guys, you know, Marcus Garrett's out right now. They've got some other guys filling in. It just looked the Kansas has looked very look, like they're starting to get their bearings without having as a All
0: righty. So that is that's that's going to do it for our college basketball talk for the moment. There's going to be plenty more to come over the next month and a half or two months. Uh, really keep a lookout at the end of the season. We'll do our season wrap ups, uh, talk a little bit about the tournament and obviously do our one year anniversary show with the uh, our tournament bracket. where We'll go through the entire bracket and fill it out so make sure you come back and we'll give a heads up and uh, take a lookout for that episode. But We'll move on to our next segment. We told you we're going to talk a little bit about some baseball. So there's a few big free agents who have yet to be signed. uh, Supposed to be max, max contracts, but um, we're going to run through them. Let you know, uh, or I guess I'll let you know where I think they should be. But Sean, go ahead and take it away.
1: Yeah, we're going to start with uh, Manny Machado. Right now, everything that I've been reading, the favorite for him to go is to the Yankees. Um, Some sleeper teams in the mix are Philadelphia, San Diego, the White Sox, and the Washington Nationals. Um, I think that him going to the Yankees would be kind of perplexing for his career path. Um, He's made it clear that he wants to play shortstop and not third base. And then when you look at the Yankees lineup, they have Didi Gregorius at shortstop and Duhar at third base, um, Cleaver Torres at second base. So their infield is kind of set. I don't know why Yankees signing Manny Machado makes a lot of sense. They're going to limit the growth of some of their younger guys. But as of right now, the Yankees are listed as the favorite to sign
0: him. Yeah. And I mean, I honestly think that's probably where he's going to go. He seems like he just fits there and, with with a player like Machado they will move a younger guy and get some even younger guys back uh they'll they'll reboot their farm sister farm system and let him play where he's going to play i would say uh probably the best fit but a couple of those sleeper teams that you brought up uh i just i i, I really 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 hope he doesn't end up in san diego
1: yeah and, i know
0: yeah you know i really really hope he doesn't end up in san diego cuz i feel like that just kind of relegates him to just getting paid to play. Uh, It's not really going to make a difference on anybody or anything. Um, San Diego, man, I wish they were good with Eric Hosmer down there. Uh, If if this is what they have to do and just keep signing big free agents to make that happen, it's still going to take a while. Uh, The other team that kind of seems like it could work, but it just doesn't make sense to me is the Chicago White Sox. So I'm definitely all in on him going to the Yankees because the Yankees organization is the type for a player like Machado – they will move their stuff around and make whatever they have to work.
1: Yeah. I got to see the Yankees moving Didi Gregorius um, for some prospects to make a room for Machado at shortstop. But to me, the best fit for Machado is the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, they have a young shortstop and JP Crawford. They still have time to move him to second. Um, they a flip Scott Kingery, who's been kind of their shortstop second base guy. They can move him around. Uh, Miguel, or, Mikael Franco is their third base guy. He's kind of entrenched there. So I think there's – an organization would have to do less moving would be the Phillies to slot Machado in. The Yankees are going to have to make a pretty blockbuster deal involving Didi Gregorius, a guy who, if you remember correctly, at the beginning of last year was slugging the ball very, very well through the back end of the season. His defense has improved a lot. So they're going to have to make a big move with him if they decide to sign Manny Machado. Um, Going into the next guy is Bryce Harper, who is possibly the best free agent in the market, depending on your view of him versus Machado. Right now, the favorite is the Phillies, with surprisingly the White Sox being involved there, along with Washington and San Diego as well.
0: Now, just like Manny Machado, I would really, really hate to see Bryce Harper go and get stuck in San Diego especially because I'm pretty sure this free agency, but for both of them is basically going to take them into the twilight years of their career. Uh, They're going to sign a a six or seven or eight year deal and really make their money here. Um, A lot of people have been talking about Philadelphia being the right fit for Bryce Harper. But if we want to talk about the right fit, he just needs to stay in Washington. I know it's getting, it's looking like that's going to be less and less and less and less and less of a chance of it happening. Uh, but in reality, I would like to see Bryce Harper stay as a Washington National for his entire career. Uh, I think that's where he belongs. And I really don't know how well he's going to shake up um, some of these other divisions when he uh, when he goes. You know, if he if he if he came into the AL Central with the White Sox, man, I, I couldn't imagine um, the difference that it would make. And I, I feel like Washington has had such a solid team. I just don't know if they're willing to keep on doing the same thing over and over again, I guess. So uh, I think Washington's the best fit, but he probably will end up elsewhere.
1: Yeah, to me, the favorite for Bryce Harper is the best fit, and that's Philadelphia. Um, If they can make moves, and they've already built their team around the, the possibility of bringing in either Machado or Harper and contending right away. And I think that they if Philadelphia whiffs on both Machado and Harper, it'll be the biggest failure in Philadelphia history since that Super Bowl against New England many many years ago. Um, to be honest, though, I would love to see him sign with the White Sox just because it would be it's a close enough drive for me from Indianapolis to go see him in Chicago or Detroit, and it would see him play in multiple multiple games against a a team that we know many times a year. Um, But what's really interesting to me is that if you remember correctly from our podcast a couple weeks, months ago, um, doing the breakdown for the San Diego farm system, they do have the cap room to, or not cap room. There is no cap room in baseball. They have the financial availability to sign Machado and Harper. And if, San Diego ends up getting both of them, that would be – I don't know. That would just be amazing for baseball. Yeah, I, I guess – I
0: was going to say, that. I, I say I don't want to see Manny get lost in San Diego. Then I say I don't want to see Bryce get lost in San Diego. But if they got both of them on that team
1: – The that, only way it would work for San Diego is if they got both of them.
0: Yeah, because one isn't going to change the franchise, but both of them would bring them out of the depths.
1: Exactly. That would just be amazing and I would I would buy saying we would have to do a whole uh another Hosmer jersey order at that point. Right?
0: <laughs> Probably.
1: <laughs> so going to the third guy, trying to speed this up a little bit, um, Dallas Keichel. Um there has not really been a bunch of news on Keichel. Um right now the favorite is listed as him returning to the Houston Astros, but Minnesota, Cincinnati, and Philadelphia are all listed as possibles. Um, my take on it real quick is the best thing for him to do is return to Houston. Just take the pay cut a little bit and pull a Golden, Golden State Warriors situation and
0: just go win titles. Yeah. That's, all,
1: that's my opinion on Dallas Keigel.
0: I feel the same way. Stick it out. You've done so well there. The entire place is in love with him. And what? They're, what they'll be going for the third straight World Series appearance?
1: Uh, e- no second straight
0: no, yeah, but either way second,
1: second out of two years
0: yeah it's a two out of three, three two out of three yeah. but either way yeah. they'll be they'll be in good a good spot to compete for another world series yes
1: very much so um the next guy is mike moustakis um right now there really is no favorite listed for him but mill Milwaukee is retur- His return to Milwaukee is listed as kind of a semi favorite, with Kansas City still being interested. And of course, as we've mentioned many times on this list, San Diego.
0: Well, I think he might end up going back to Kansas City. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Yeah, I think he might end up going back to Kansas City. He was kind of just a rental for Milwaukee to try and make that run into uh, the World Series last year we made it all the way out to the NLCS. Yes, it was, you know, it was great. Uh, but I don't think. If they're going to re-sign him with, especially all the talent that they have. Um, I think he might end up going back to Kansas City.
1: I think Kansas City's going to make a play for him just because they've lost so much over the past couple of years. They need to have something for fans to buy into. And even though he won't compete as much as he has in Kansas City in past years, Boustakis is loved in Kansas City as a kind of the moose. So I think they're going to make a play for him just to try and, Try to keep fans engaged as they're going through their another reload of their organization. Um, the last guy on this list is Craig Kimbrell. Um, right now, favorites are listed as him returning to Boston, but there's also Atlanta listed, San Diego, and St. Louis as a sleeper for the Kimbrels, Craig
0: Kimbrell sweepstakes. Well, the, the bat, the bat wing, uh, I feel like once again, he would be kind of remiss to leave Boston, it wouldn't make yeah. much sense with no, would, Yeah, with how good that team is and especially what we saw him do in the postseason last year. I, I would, wouldn't make much sense for him to leave Boston. I, I, I stick him out there uh, with the Red Sox, and I think he stays out there. That, that's, that's by his own choice, I think.
1: That's what I would pick. If anything, if I'm leaving Boston, the only place that I would go as Kay Kimbrell – is back to Atlanta with that young core of players that are just going to continue to get better um, Atlanta surprised me personally by making the postseason last year um, I thought they were a year or two away from competing for a postseason spot but they outdid my projections going back to that Atlanta farm system review this is going to be a big year for Atlanta I think they're going to make the playoffs and compete this year so adding keg current Craig Kimbrell, his name messes me up every time, would be a big piece for that organization.
0: All righty. Well, those are the top three agents still left on the board. Kind of crazy that that they're still sitting on the board as spring training is about to gear up here in about two weeks. Not even. uh, They'll start playing some games. Yeah, it's,
1: it's crazy. It's ridiculous. I don't understand what's going on. There's a major struggle with, contract demands and what teams are willing to offer so teams their players are having to sacrifice some of what they think they're worth to be able to get
0: into a spring training camp so
1: we'll see what happens with spring training rapidly approaching
0: Now we only have one more segment left for you guys today it has been quite a long episode it seems uh, but thank you for sticking around as we get to one of our guest requests and talk just a little bit about some golf on the PGA tour uh, that is already ramped up. We got, <clears throat> we got a few guys already winning a few tournaments. One of the guys that Sean wants to talk about here just for a second is, was on the top of the leaderboard for quite a while and uh, he still is inching towards it. So uh, basically I just want to give you our predictions for who we think is going to have the best year um, and why. So go ahead, Sean, who, who do you think is going to be the standout golfer in 2019?
1: Um, in my opinion, I think it's going to be Ricky Fowler. Um, I think that he's going to get his first major win this year. I think that his play is going to elevate as he gets a little bit more mature, a little bit more experience on the PGA Tour. I think that this is going to be Ricky Fowler's year. And on top of all the other golf stuff, I think he has the coolest hats,
0: so that's why I'm going with him. <laughs> well, he does just uh, – he does just quite uh... – Fashion fashiony, I don't know how to say it. Uh he definitely <laughs> fashionable. Got, Yeah, fashionable. He's got his he's got his Puma sponsorship, which is fun. But um there's a couple guys that have been at the top of the world golf rankings for a while now. And uh, they gotta get I, I think this is the year probably Justin Thomas. He's he's been up there at number one. He's a really young guy. This guy is amazing at golf. And I, I don't know what it is. It seems like he always has fun, but he has he's so focused when he's on the golf course. Every time I see him Golf, he does, it doesn't even look like he breaks the same, you know, face. He, he's always calm, collected, doesn't get very frustrated on the course. And, uh, you know, he's won a lot and been towards the top of a lot. Uh, I think it's a good chance for him to win the Masters. Um, but also, my, my pick for the FedEx Cup would be Justin Thomas, another guy to look out for who had kind of a down year last year, but a lot of it was due to injury, if you remember, at the Masters. Uh, Dustin Johnson fell down the stairs. Uh, just a couple of days prior to the Masters or the day before the Masters, that didn't work out too well for him. I know he's back in action. He's healthy. Um, still one of the most dangerous guys on the tour. He's got the crazy drive, and uh, his short game has picked up. And since the new rules of golf have come out, uh, which are a few funny ones that uh, I'm I'm interested in personally, a lot of people have been leaving the flag stick in the pin uh, when they put. And that sounds like something that I do on the golf course whenever I can. I uh, guess yeah,
1: a... you you people, we could give a whole podcast of Jake on the golf course stories of stuff that he does that is just ridiculous.
0: <laughs> well either way, I uh I, I think that's definitely an advantage for the for the new guys and the golfers that it could be uh it could be a big change. You know, Bryson uh, DeChambeau, he's done pretty well over the last year, but these uh just these couple guys, I am I'm gonna stay high on the young guys who are going to tear up the tour this year. Uh, the, a couple of the new golf rules I did want to bring up. Uh, we, we didn't really think about talking about this, but uh, one of the ones that has happened to me many times and now it is legal is a double hit. So basically, if you on one swing, one motion through the ball, if you hit the ball twice, it, it no longer counts as another stroke. Um, I, I've seen a couple of people on the internet changing this up where you say you're around a tree and what they'll do is you'll chip it up in the air and then hit it. But that, that's not the way that it would work on the tour. Um no, I've, yeah. I've, <laughs> I've I've had it happen plenty of times where you know I get way too much of a, of a ground chunk on a on a rough shot where the ball does not get any lift, and on the follow-through I'll hit it again and it'll only go 30, 40, 30, 40 yards. But it's definitely not uh not something that people are gonna be using, I think, to their advantage. Like I said, the other one that really stuck out to me was that golfers can now decide to leave the pin in the hole whenever they're on the green, which is, I think it's a big deal. Um, A lot of golfers think it's a big deal because they've been doing their best uh, to use it to their advantage and everything that I've seen. And I like it, but I know there's some golf people who are, are not too fond of that. So if you guys have your own favorite new rules of golf. Make sure you interact with us on our, pod, on our podcast Twitter, uh, at Just Saying Sport. Let us know if you want to hear anything else. I know we didn't get too deep into this, but we want to uh, keep hearing your suggestions. So if you do Jordan have... Spieth. Oh, yeah. You, you want Jordan Spieth? <laughs> uh, oh, I
1: thought we were just throwing out names. I thought I'd throw out
0: one more. Yeah, but uh, he, man, I don't know. He seems like he crumbles too easily. Anyways, as always... Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Jake Atnip. follow Sean at Dwyer S E three. If there's anything you guys want to hear about, please give us your suggestions. Let us know. There's a lot to talk about coming up in college basketball. Uh, we'll make sure that we do a big push for our uh, tournament show, but without further ado, we always like to say thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Make sure you like, share, retweet, whatever you got to do. Uh, but as always, We love you. We appreciate you. And, uh, you know, my name is Jake Atnip. I'm Sean DeWire. And we're going to see you next week for another episode of Just Saying Sports.